everybody, and welcome to episode 31 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Brandon Schauen, and joining me this evening is Ash Collins. Ash, how are you tonight? Not too bad. Ready for a day off. Yeah, I bet. So you are in in a string now. How many days in a row have you worked? Oh God, the last day off I had was the 21st of November. <laughs> oh, man. That yeah. is just ridiculous. Yeah, well... It's that time again. Yeah, exactly. Well, hopefully you get Saturday off like you were talking about. Hopefully that happens for you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. So as you can tell, Chris is not joining us again tonight. Unfortunately, he had some uh, a family emergency that he had to fly home to attend to. And so he will not be with us this week. But our thoughts are definitely with him and his family as he works through a difficult time. But hopefully he will be back next week, uh, and if not next week, the following week. But we shall see. We are recording a little later than normal uh, just because of all the goings-ons. But this episode is going to be going live Friday instead of Wednesday, so we apologize for the delay there. But um, I have been trying to do another uh, video for YouTube for the past – since Sunday, Um, and I've just been having problems with it. So the first time uh, I I set up to record – and my wife, man, my wife posted this picture on Facebook and fucking everyone has been talking about this stupid picture on Facebook because it had like all these lights set up and it was all aiming at my couch. So somebody, of course, had to suggest that we were shooting a porn and, <laughs> and then it just escalated from there. And so we were, at, <clears throat> excuse me, we were literally at the casino yesterday and we walked up to these people at, I don't know, my wife knows. And, you know, they say hi. And the first thing she says to me, the lady says, oh, I saw that picture on on Facebook of you setting up the movie scene and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, why? Why? <laughs> I, I don't know. It went it went, quote unquote, viral amongst my family and friends, apparently. And I have no idea why. But, oh my God. yeah, it was so embarrassing. I'm so annoyed that she had to put that damn picture up because they won't people won't stop talking about it no matter where I go when it's with the family. But anyway, that didn't happen that day. I couldn't record that at that point because then my family was coming over and I didn't want to record with them over, obviously. And so I had to pack it all up and I actually moved it to a different spot, moved back to my dining room and tried recording. It wasn't Sunday night because my sister came over with her boyfriend and they were playing. We were playing this game called Munchkins. Have you ever played that? Oh, yeah. Love Munchkin. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It took for fucking ever though because we were learning it for the first time only one person at the table my my sister's boyfriend knew how to play it and so he was trying to explain it to us and uh it was slow going and it was like the first time we really had hung out with my sister's boyfriend so just getting to know each other and all that jazz but it was and so it was just really slow moving and so come 10 o'clock i had to kick him out i was just like you guys like i have to work in the morning like i'm tired like I'm an old man. I can't I can't do past 10. This is this is getting this is getting long, all right? And so I kicked them out. And so I didn't actually try recording until Monday night. Uh I tried recording with my lav mic and turns out I accidentally left it on last time I used it and so the battery was dead. So I was like, "Oh, awesome." And so then I just tried recording using the microphone in my DSLR. I have a a Canon DSLR that I'm uh T3i, I believe it is, Rebel Canon Rebel T3i. But using that microphone, the sound quality, it sounded like I was really far away because I was from the camera. And so I, I have another. I'm not going to remember. It's a Zoom, but it's not the nice one. It's kind of one of the cheaper ones. I had that recording. It didn't pick up any of my. It didn't pick up my voice at all. 
it was like as if I was whispering from, you know, a hundred yards away. And so it just didn't pick up my voice. It was ridiculous. Huh. And so I had to scrap that video. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to try it one more time. And I was like going to set up. And then I remembered, you know, if I use the, the speakers on the, on the camera or the microphone on the camera, it's just, it's not going to sound good. And this time I actually went from uh, my DSLR to one of my, uh, a Canon Vixia something or another, just a camcorder. And, um, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to run up to CVS real quick and buy a new battery for my lav mic. And so I did that. They didn't have the exact one, but then I was able to Google it as I was standing there. Cause there's like a hundred thousand different options for those small little batteries like that. Cause it wasn't like a A or double A, anything like that. It was, of course uh, not. yeah, it was like one of those small round batteries. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah. And so I was, we finally found one we thought worked. I brought it home. It worked. So that was good. But after I recorded the whole damn thing, first off, halfway through, I realized that I didn't turn on my damn lights that I'd set up. And so I was real dark the first half of the video. And then, like, as I was recording, I was like, hang on a second. Let me just go turn these on. So I went over, turned it on. The second half looked a lot better. I mean, you could see me the first half, but the second half was definitely, you know, it looked more quote unquote professional because there was actually lighting. But as I sit down to try to edit it together, I realized there's this awful hum in my lav mic. And so I'm, it's, I don't know, it must be busted or something. It was a super cheap lav mic from Amazon. And uh, it just it had this awful hum, couldn't really hear me very well. And so fuck it, I'm done. I already put away all my movies and games. I put them in with my regular collection. And so I don't know what was from Black Friday at this point, what was not. So I'm just done with it. Super fucking annoyed. I tried recording twice and both times got screwed because of the sound quality. So that's what I was trying to do earlier this week, which is why we ended up pushing the podcast back to recording tonight, which is Wednesday night. So yeah, Monday and Tuesday night did not go too well. Sorry. Hey, that's all right. That's all right. You know, you live and learn. I'm going to have to figure out something. I want to buy a road mic a Rode Boom mic for my camera that I can just hook right onto my camera. Uh, and then I would have much better, you know, audio quality. But, you know, it's 200, 200 plus dollars that I just don't have to spend right now after all the ridiculous Black Friday purchases I've been doing in my home theater purchasing, all that jazz. Did I have my, did I have my projector screen last I talked to you? I don't think I did. Nah, uh, you were talking about getting it, but I don't yeah. think I had it yet. So this... This giant box is on my on my doorstep. The, I don't know when it was, sometime last week, and it is a ten over ten foot long. It's like I want to say one hundred and eighteen inches long or something. Holy shit! Yeah, for my projector screen. Now I measured before we bought it, you know, to make sure it would fit. Well, I don't know if I just am really bad at measuring or what happened, but I it was. The spot I we initially planned just is not going to work for it. Oh, actually, what it was is that we have our ceiling it has like all these things hanging down from it, like pipes, and where gotcha. the gotcha. yeah, you know, I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. And so it wouldn't work where we were going to put it because we noticed that that it was hanging down too low, and the screen would go much too far past it, so it would be the the picture would be affected. And so my dad and I we're able to work something out that we think is going to work, but uh, we're not a hundred percent sure until we actually get the projector down there, but it's going to be fucking awesome. If it works, it's going to be a 120 inch screen like that. I cannot wait to watch my first movie 
on my home projector system. Like it should be just awesome. And my um, 5.1, my my I got the sound bar, true 5.1 surround sound. It's a Vizio, and so that came in. And uh, I haven't messed with it yet because I'm just going to wait and I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to test it because then I got to take it all out of the box. So I'll just wait until I get everything hooked up downstairs and then uh, hopefully hopefully it works. But I should still be able to return it if it doesn't at that point. So, but anyway, yeah. So, Ash, what have you been doing this past week? Uh, work. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, we binge watched, um... Uh, the 100 season two, um, which I really liked. I thought that was pretty good. That's um, cool. Bridget loved the first season and she started the second season. She really liked it, but she uh, decided that she wanted to watch something a little less serious is what she told me. And so she put on, uh, now she's been like binge watching 90210, the remake. Blah. Yeah. yeah the, the 100, like about midway through the season, basically tears out your heart every other episode. It's just like, yeah, <laughs> you, do, you don't need this for a while. Uh, but yeah, they, they do a pretty good job with that. Um, yeah, they stop, yeah, they do stop giving you a break after a while. It's just like, yeah, it's one terrible thing after another happens. I mean, it, it works for the story. It's, it's what's, you know, believable considering right. the situation, but it's just like, wow. Hmm. Um, so that was now, pretty good. If it, tell, tell the listeners, if they don't know what the 100s, what the premise behind that is. <clears throat> oh, the 100, uh, it's, a, well, it was based off a young adult. Uh, book series but oh, the really? tv show yeah the the 100 book came out first and there's another book called 21 days and then a third book called homecoming hmm. um the second season is actually slightly based off homecoming but they wrote and filmed the second season of the show before the book ever came out oh um, okay. so there's so there's differences but the whole premise is basically the same hmm. um uh, but the the idea is uh after like a century or so after nuclear war, um, there are these people living in space in a space station and the space station is starting to fail. It can only stay up there for so long without support from the ground and they don't have any support from the ground. Hmm. So they round up a bunch of kids who have just turned 18. Um, oh, they haven't yet. That was the, the idea. They keep the, basically if you commit a crime and you're under 18, you're put in jail. And okay. then when you become 18, they let you out. Yeah. They, you go under a review and most likely get let out and you don't you know because you huh oh well okay they they also they float people uh you know to get rid of them if you're you're yeah they they basically wait until you're 18 to do it if you're a problem uh, okay so you have these these hundred kids and instead of floating them they decide to find out if the surface is viable if earth is viable again um so they load them up in their shuttle and drop them to the planet and basically keep an eye on them from the station to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then these kids basically have to set up their own society. Only you come to find out uh, people actually did survive on the ground all these years and they have their oh. own society and all this other shit going on. So they have to, they have to fight with the grounders on there. And then people at the space station have a problem because their space station is falling apart. So they have to figure out how to evacuate all these people uh, and everything else. And then season two deals with, it's like a continuation of that. Okay. That sounds really cool. Bridget said I'd like it. I just haven't uh, taken her word for it yet and watched it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Awesome. I like it. Um, but uh, yeah, I haven't, other than watching the 100, I haven't written a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. Just uh, just work kind of sapped all my energy pretty much. Right. <laughs> I am looking forward to Saturday, though. Saturday, well, 
I don't know how am I going to watch it, but uh, I want to watch the ESPN 30 for 30, uh, The Four Falls of Buffalo. Yeah, I want to see that. I'm definitely, I got to set a recording for that one. I forgot about that. Yeah, one of the, the Buffalo Bills reporters uh, tweeted a pic, and it's got Jim Kelly and Andre Reid and Thurman Thomas in it, mm-hmm. uh, and they're at the premiere, so the, they're premiering it tonight at Buffalo. Oh, okay. Theaters for them and uh, a bunch of chosen people, so that'd be cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that'll be interesting because it's you know it's about the team that made it to the only team that's ever made it to the Super Bowl four year four years in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that in itself is accomplishment. But, right. So that'll be interesting. And that was the team that you know that was the the '90s Bills, the early '90s Bills, are the reason I'm still a fan. So yeah, I, I want to kind of see that. Although they they had a clip on ESPN of the. I think it's the Norwood, yeah, it's the Norwood field goal where it was wide right, and mm-hmm. it just, and they interviewed, they actually interviewed Norwood for it, but the interviews with Frank Reich uh, mm-hmm. to start with, who was their backup quarterback at the time, and it's just kind of heartbreaking. He's like, you know, he could tell something. He's like, you know, I could tell something was off, like when we were even doing the practice kicks, like uh-huh. before the game even started. He's like, you know, they usually, you know, Scott's like dead center, and he kept, you know, winging it. It was like curved and everything else, and. Then they mm. played the, the actual kick, and he's like, as soon as he came in for the kick, I heard Scott grunt. I could tell it was off before it, it you know, I didn't even have to look up. I just knew it was <laughs> off. He's like, I knew he had the power behind it. He's like, that could have gone 60, 70 yards. He's like, right. I just knew something was off. Yeah, it's just, yeah, and I was just like, oh. And, and <laughs> they, they showed Norwood after the kick, and and he just looks like, uh, he looks lost. Like, you know, hmm. he just you know, killed his mom or something. It's just, right. You know, even before he takes his helmet off, he looks like he's about ready to die. Say, <laughs> so, yeah, I can totally, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this just for nostalgia, but I imagine it's going to be heartbreaking at the same time. <laughs> right. So. Definitely. That's awesome. Very good. Yeah. What else did I do? Honestly, I didn't really do too much. So, um, I've been playing, uh, WWE 2K16, which is one of my Black Friday purchases. And I guess I should, I can run down kind of what I bought real fast. I mean, mine, both videos I shot were over 30 minutes, so it's not going to be anywhere near that, but I'm just going to kind of run down what I got um, from from what I can remember, at least. Uh, and one of them was WWE 2K16. Um, I'm trying to build a universe, but I want to download all these new uh, created wrestlers that aren't in the game. But WWE 2K16, it puts a limit on how many things you can download in a day in 24 hour period and it's only 20 items and so i've been waiting the past like three nights until my timer resets and then trying to download more so i just have to do it one more time and basically after this podcast i should be able to to do that so i finally be able to start the universe mode that i've been wanting to start on that but anyway what else did i pick up this black friday i picked up um, WWE 2K16. I picked up Until Dawn. I picked up um, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5. I picked up. I got the. This wasn't Black Friday. This was actually just this past week. But I picked up Star Wars Battlefront, and then I paid fifty bucks for it because I have the Best Buy's Gamer Club unlocked. And if you are, you know are a gamer and you don't have it, you really should because it's awesome. You get twenty percent off all new purchases. For two years. Normally when I walk into a GameStop or a Best Buy. And I buy a new video game. It costs me $63.59 after tax. And that's obviously Michigan tax. 
when I do it with my gamers club, I pay $50 and 80 something cents. I believe it is. It's less than $51, 50 bucks and change. And so that's a savings of about $13 every time. So basically if I buy three new games in two years, then all I'm doing is saving money at that point. And so it's definitely a great deal. But anyway, they yeah, had, a, I've been, I've been considering doing, getting into it. So. Yeah. I mean, you definitely should. It's, it's an awesome deal. It's, What's cool about it too is you also get 10% off used and you get 10% trade-in bonus, which I don't say that specifically for you necessarily because you're not a big trader, um, but someone like me who I like, to, I do trades all the time. Well, not all the time, but um, you know, a good amount. And that's what always sells me on the GameStop discount is because you get 10% off used and 10% trading credit. But at GameStop, I'm paying the same price, 15 bucks a year. I get Game Informer, whoop-de-doo, and I don't get 20% off new video games. I don't get any discount on new video games whatsoever. So if you're the type of person who always gets the GameStop discount, I would definitely you know, switch over or at least get also the Best Buy Gamers Club one because it's, it's definitely worth it. The only thing about Best Buy is their used video game section is not nearly as large as, Best Buy, as uh, GameStop's, but... I mean, whatever. Who cares? Anyway, I picked up the I picked up Call of Duty Ghost and Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. I got got them cheap. Uh, Ghost was like six dollars and change, I think. So I was like, whatever. I just want to beat the campaign. Um, I grabbed The Witcher Three on Xbox One. I grabbed Bloodborne on PS4. Until Dawn on PS4. I don't know. I think that's, I, there's so many. I just, I, I can't <laughs> remember. It was, it was ridiculous. And I picked up a bunch of movies. I got Hannibal season one for $5. Like I got true detective season one for 10 bucks band of brothers sees uh, complete miniseries, which I've wanted like literally for years, but the price has always been outrageous. And this is, looks like a, a condensed version. Like the packaging looks a lot more condensed than it used to be. And it was only 10 bucks for the complete miniseries on Blu-ray and digital HD. So I was really glad to have found that one. I grabbed Birdman. I grabbed a bunch of wrestling ones that no one's really going to be that interested in. Uh, but you would be, Ash, but none of our <laughs> listeners probably. But a lot of them were like compilations from like old old school um, WCW, ECW, and, and WWE, which uh-huh. is really, you know, what I'm uh, the biggest fan of. I am watching the new product, but only... Every once in a while, like I rarely watch a Raw. I never, I haven't watched a SmackDown in years, but I like the pay-per-views. You know, we get the WWE Network and you get the pay-per-views for free. And at the Survivor Series pay-per-view, which was last month, I created a uh, a sheet basically that my family and, and my friends who watch it can all gamble with. And so that made it interesting for our our last outing. And that's what I'm planning to do the this Sunday because they have WWE TLC, Tables, Letters, and Chairs pay-per-view. And so I'm going to put it all together again. It's a real cheap buy-in, which is what you know garners interest from even the non-wrestling fans. And then winner take all. So it's just another uh, fun element to add to the evening. My uncles are both diehard wrestling fans, and they always have been. And that's what got me into wrestling when I was younger. And uh, so it's always fun watching it with them. And then I get my buddies over and all that jazz. It's just a, a fun time. So that's really the reason why I watch it. But judge me as you wish. I understand. But <laughs> that's yeah, that's... I used to be into wrestling in the nineties and I just, mm-hmm. uh, without cable. Uh, yeah. I, 
the WWE thing is interesting, but they're like a, what a month and a half behind on on the uh, weekly stuff on that. Yeah, I they, think is it even that uh, recent? I don't think I don't even know that they have the Raw two months. There. Well, they they have Raw and SmackDown, but it's like okay. they're like at least a month, at least a month behind. Yeah, it's because it they have be that. A half, yeah. It's because they have that agreement with Hulu. Hulu, if you have Hulu, you can watch it the next day. No, I'm not paying for four different things so I can keep up with wrestling, though. That's yeah, stupid. I know. The, yeah. It, I in their app, it's their app. I should be able to watch yeah. Raw or SmackDown on that like instantly. Hopefully. Otherwise, the pay per views mean absolute shit. Right. You're not caught up with the goddamn storyline. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, and I have no idea what the behind the scenes are on it, but hopefully, like, there's a contract with Hulu, and hopefully, that contract will expire sometime yeah, soon, no and then they'll get it all on the W. Because what kills me is, I feel like if they added that element, I don't. I feel like their numbers would would skyrocket for WWE Network. And I feel like that's the one thing they haven't tried to get those numbers higher because it's been underperforming since they released it, but. I th- I just I really feel like if they had Raw and SmackDown on there, e- even if it wasn't live, which would be prime, if they had it the next day, I feel like that would be such a selling point for the for the network. Like mm-hmm. I get it, I get rid of it. I get it, I get rid of it. I get it, I get rid of it. And I keep doing that. Um, what's really good about it now though is that there's no commitment. There, there used to be a six month commitment when you signed up, unless you put in a credit card that's about to expire, like mine did. And then I only had it for three months. So I got WrestleMania and then like I paid for two extra months and then my credit card expired. And so they couldn't charge me. So that was always a good thing because at that point I wasn't watching it at all. So it worked out for me, but. And their video quality and stuff is good and they got their, their back catalog is great. But if you're trying to cut, like I was actually interested in getting caught up on a storyline I'd read about on one of the websites and I couldn't do it because they were behind two months or whatever it was. And yeah. Was like, I was like, well, thanks so much for that. Right. What storyline was it? Do you remember? Um, it was some dude, uh, that it was at the beginning of the year. Um, it's like, I think we did, tried it in what, February is when we were talking about this originally. Yeah. Maybe. Some, sometime around there. But yeah, his storyline had picked back up again in November and December, I think. Oh, okay. Um, but he uh, he was one of the like no name wrestlers that they gave a chance to, and like he's like a crowd favorite. But the oh, you talking about but, Daniel Bryan? Yeah, but the, yeah. Uh, the the head honchos don't think he's got what it takes. But right, the, the crowds love him. So I was mm-hmm. like, all right, well, I want to see what this guy's about, and well, I have it up. And yeah, they didn't have the current shit, so I was like, all right, well, forget it then. Yeah, and on that that storyline specifically, like you have to have the Raw before WrestleMania because it's. I mean, just one of the better Raws, like, it's awesome. That storyline was great. Um, but, unfortunately, what sucks with that is he got legit injured, and he's been, like, injured for, man, know, six months now, maybe? Oh, and so wow. he's, he's been off off TV since then, which really sucks. And then their their star champ just went down, Seth Rollins. He just went down a month ago. And so they had to pull together a Survivor Series pay-per-view that was absolutely fucking atrocious. One of the worst I've seen this year by by far. And uh, now they're doing TLC, which honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that I'm as interested in this as I am. They've done a good job building Sheamus as the new champ because I fucking hate him. But they have this League of Nations things go- thing going on with uh, kind of a stable around him. And so it's making it a little more interesting. But... 
I know my problem is I like all the guys that like the IWC, the internet wrestling community hates like John Cena, uh, uh, Roman Reigns, um, you know, all those guys I, I enjoy watching. I like them, but everybody else hates on them. So everyone I follow on Twitter is always hating on them and you know, it's just the way it goes. But anyway, I also picked up, um, I, I didn't finish my story, so I went to buy Battlefront and then Sorry. I found out, no, <laughs> it's not your fault. You. And then I found out like a week later, they're having a buy two, get one free sale at Best Buy. And I hadn't opened Battlefront yet just because I'd been busy last week or whatever. And so I was like, well, fuck, I'm just going to return this and get, you know, get it again. And so what I did was return that one, which I actually only just returned it today, but I got my money back for it. So I picked up uh, Star Wars Battlefront, Just Cause 3, and Fallout 4. And I ended up paying because I had $35 in reward certificates thanks to all the Black Friday purchases. And my boss actually bought two like $300 computers off my account on Black Friday. And so that gave me 30 bucks alone. And so I had 35 in um, rewards certificates. And so I ended up paying $65 or an additional 15 bucks to get two video games that are brand new came out within the past month which I thought was just the best damn deal I could ever find. But now I have all these games. <laughs> you get a that, back catalog for a while. Yeah. Will take me, you know, 50, 60, 70 hours to beat bloodborne, Witcher fallout that I'll never beat, but I just want to play the damn things. All right. Get off my back. Damn it. <laughs> anyway, that's enough talking about what I did. And I think that's about it. Cause I just played some, WWE 2K16. That was pretty much it. So let's move on to the reason we are here, and that is to review episode six of Ash versus Evil Dead. And before we move on, I forgot to announce something. So this episode, we are not going to be talking about Army of Darkness. What we're going to do is talk about Army of Darkness on Monday. I don't care if I'm doing a solo podcast on Monday. We're talking about Army of Darkness. It's it's chances are it's probably going to be you and me, Ash, um, just because of the um, personal situations with uh, Chris. So it looks like it might just be you and me, which is totally fine. We're just going to talk about Army of Darkness, give our review of the film, so that way we can move on. Uh, we still have to review the remake of Evil Dead, and so that'll be on you know the following episode. So again, I apologize from the bottom of my heart that we're taking so damn long to talk about army of darkness. It's just been situation after situation that's kind of postponed it. And so next week when we record on Monday night, so you'll get the episode Wednesday come hell or high water. We are talking about army of darkness. So that said episode 32 will have an army of darkness review. And again, that is the theatrical cut of army of darkness, not the director's cut because that's just the cut that Ash enjoys more. He thinks is stronger and I trust his opinion. So we are going with the theatrical cut. Anyway, back to episode six. And again, there will be spoilers for episodes one, two, three, four, five, and six of Ash vs. Evil Dead. All right. This episode's entitled, entitled The Killer of Killers, and it was directed by Michael Hurst. Okay. So, opening scene, we get Ruby and Amanda. And let, let, me, let me say that again. We have Ruby and Amanda. You know what that means, Ash? It means I took the fucking time to Google what Lucy Lawless's character's name was for the first time in six fucking episodes. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of damn good that did you too. <laughs> but her name's Ruby, damn it. <laughs> so Ruby and Amanda, and that's the cop's name. 
And I'm going to remember that now because I wrote down her name a lot this episode because they're they were in it a lot. Well, at least Amanda was. Um, so they arrive at this reservation that the 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 trio was at in the past couple episodes, and um, you know Ruby's checking around out, uh, inside. Amanda's on looking around outside, and then as Amanda's looking, she actually sees Ash, Pablo, and Kelly drive away, and so she's like, "Son of a bitch!" There they go again, you know, and so. As they're doing this, we see this signature camera motion of the evil spirit. Is there? I don't know what else to call it. What would you call that? Um, yeah, that that that's basically what it is. It's okay, evil. I mean, that's how they always refer to it. And then when yeah. they do the behind the scenes stuff, it's like it's the evil shot. Okay, yeah. So okay. we get the <coughs> we get that shot that that signifies that the evil is on its way um and eventually it arrives and it gets to um, amanda and then this this flaming skeleton pops out of this fire and starts coming at her and then uh, ruby comes comes around and she sees it and so they they start going at it and then the skeleton it grabs ruby and it's talking about how you're never going to find the necronomicon alone or something along those lines and but either am i and then he grabs her and jumps into the flame and they both oh. Go ahead. Uh, he mentions that uh, you won't have it for yourself. Okay. Or you won't take it for yourself, which That's I knew there was something odd about the way she's been acting. But yeah, mm-hmm. it sounds like she wants it. She wants it for herself or whatever. Uh, yeah. So it's probably so she could do something with it. Who knows what? Yeah, that's a that's a good key element that I didn't write down. But you're absolutely right. Definitely. Um, and so they go into the flame and she just disappears along with the skeleton they both just disappear and so we don't see him again for the rest of the episode so who knows what the hell happened there i don't think she's dead though right there's that that's not what you got from that is it well she just vanished yeah we only saw the skeleton arm explode away so i'm Mm -hmm. guessing she's still alive okay that's what i take that's what i'm taking to and so amanda gets back in the car and she realizes that ash's hand is gone there's one thing um Yeah. yeah Uh, my wife mentioned that she, that's, yeah, that's the one. Okay. Uh, they, uh, she called or he calls her a double crosser at one point. So she's definitely up to something. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Sorry. Good point. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's, that's, that's good. Definitely. All right. So then we get the trio and they're at this, this little diner. I can't remember the name of it, but it's this, you know, kind of side of the road type of diner and uh ash is just going to town on these pancakes and pop was like i think you're hurting the pancakes it was pretty funny and um he tells the group he 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 knows what he has to do now and he has to go back to the cabin where this all began because it's he believes that it's some sort of weak weak spot for the for the evil and so this is where it's vulnerable at least and so you know, Pablo and Kelly are like, yeah, you know, we're in, let's do it. And he's like, nope, you can't go with me because you're just going to end up as deadites. And then I'm going to have to cut your heads off and it's going to be bad. And they're like, no, fuck that. Like, I want to go. And Pablo even says that he'd be honored to have Ash chop his head off if he was a deadite. And so Ash agrees to think about it. And then this, this, this random character comes into the picture and his name is Lim. And he's an old friend of Ash's. And so, you know, Ash introduces him to Pablo and Kelly. And uh, Lim says, you know, can I talk to you for a minute? And so he kind of pulls Ash aside. And then we find out that Amanda is actually outside watching them through the window uh, from her car. 
And uh, so Lim and Ash are talking, and basically why Lim pulled him over is because Lim wants to use Ash's employee discount so that he can buy ammunition. And he says, uh, you know, he works for the militia now, and their and their um, motto is always be stockpiling. And Ash says that's a dumb motto. And he's like, well, they came up before I was a member. So I thought that was really funny. <laughs> I forgot that part. <laughs> Uh, he says he's been he he said he's been he's sober and clean now because Ash is like no you don't need all that and he's like no I'm good I'm sober I'm clean for nine days now which I thought was just fucking hilarious oh, yeah and that's that was like, yeah, hilarious <laughs> my life is my life's turned around man it's changing for the better and that's when he talks about joining the militia and so basically the whole point of this conversation I think the whole point for the character is that Ash now knows that there is a camp this militia camp filled with ammo and guns and he finds out where it is not specifically but pretty damn close because limbs like i can't tell you but then he starts naming off cities in michigan and all of them i recognize and then m59 which is a road that i've driven down on countless occasions so it's just fun to hear little hometown uh roads and, and town names and shit like that thrown in that you never see in movies and so uh he has a great idea where this camp is and i think that's the only real point to this character at least up until this to this point do you do you agree yeah okay and so moving along um uh, kelly and pablo are at the table and they start talking and clearly pablo's upset about something and so kelly kelly you know kind of confronts him about it and he tells her that when she was possessed she tried to fuck him and then tried to kill him and she's just flabbergasted she can't believe it and um you know he asks her if any of it was par- a part of her or if it was just the demon and she just kind of doesn't answer. And then Ash comes back to the table. And so that little awkward moment is kind of broken up by Ash's return. And he asks the two fun bags if they're ready to leave, which I thought was hilarious. And then the waitress brings over the check and he starts his flirting. He says, thank you, love. Five star service. And she just gives him this look like he's a complete asshole. And so after the waitress leaves, he says, all right, who has the cash? And they're like, what? You just said you said twice throughout this dinner that this this meal was on you and he's like that doesn't that doesn't uh, that doesn't ring any bells basically but okay i'll pay for it you go out to the trailer and wait for me while i take care of this this bill and then that uh they leave and then amanda she calls her her boss i don't know the boss's name and uh it frankly doesn't really matter as we'll find out in a few minutes here and so basically she calls to tell her to tell him that you know, I have Ash. I have the man you're looking for. And uh, he's like, after, you know, kind of yelling at her, like, why are you, you know, you're not on active duty, blah, blah, blah. But he says, you know, you know, I'm on my way. Don't do anything until I get there. So any thoughts up to this point, Ash, on, on how this episode's going along? Uh, it was it was going OK. I didn't uh, the diner scene like most of it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think once it starts getting into him trying to settle the bill it gets a little stupid but uh, i like the rest of it i love that part Uh, and that's Uh, what that's what's coming up next well after this next scene here so pablo and kelly they're on opposite sides of the couch and the camera's kind of slowly moving in on them and there's a you know a visual distance between them because it's kind of awkward now but then kelly breaks the sign she's like all right you need to tell me you know how i try to seduce and, and and kill you and so you know, he tells her and she's like, wow, that's fucking awesome. Basically, when she finds out that she was trying to get him to take hits out of a, a shotgun bong. 
and okay, then yeah, that I did love. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and then she says that the demon must have been preying on what she really felt inside. And so Pablo's like, what, how do you feel about me? And she goes, you know, something along the lines of him being so sweet and how she could, you know, never feel that way about him. And so the demon must have been twisting what she was feeling to produce the results that were created, which is obviously, you know, the opposite of what Pablo wanted to hear. But he can't dwell on that for too long because all of a sudden his necklace starts to move on him. It's going up and down. And he's like, what the fuck? And then you hear pounding from this crate that's next to him. And it's the crate where Ash keeps his um, Necronomicon, where he keeps the Necronomicon. And so they open up the crate and the Necronomicon comes flying out and like latches itself onto Pablo's necklace, which is the necklace that his uh, dead uncle kind of gave to him in a way. It fell out from the flames of the la- in the last episode. And so they finally get it off of Pablo's necklace and uh, it kind of like falls to the ground or the couch, wherever the hell it was. And it opens up to a page that has a picture of the what looks exactly like to me the demon that attacked Ruby a couple scenes earlier. Did you notice that at all? Uh Yeah, actually it did now that you mentioned it. Yeah, it was like the the skull head basically that was on fire. Yeah. And so that was interesting. Um and then we get back to the to the diner and I I don't know, this was one of my I, this was the funniest scene to me, I'll say, in this in this episode. And so Ash calls the waitress back over and he puts on this awesome sh- show talking about how his friend is. Uh, what does his friend do? I don't even remember what his analogy was, but basically he's a professional and he's good at his job. He's a, and he's a racket stringer. He's I mean, yes, that's right. A racket stringer. And uh, he's like, I tell you this. And, and then he's talking and then he's talking about himself and how he's basically a a love machine of sorts you know he's excellent at it and uh, he's like the reason i bring this up is because i'm not going to be able to pay this check that's sitting here and uh so he asks her if there is any other way you know through his loving that he can pay for this check and she turns around and points out that her husband who is this large african-american man wielding a butcher's knife in the kitchen and uh ash says that's fine i get it we got to keep this on the DL. And so he tells her to meet her in the men's room in three minutes. And I don't know. I thought that scene was hilarious. I just love the way Ash, like his, the way he flirts and the way he tries to seduce is so just on the nose and awful. (laughs) Yeah, it is awful. It is hard to watch. I know, but it's so damn funny. I love it. And so the next scene, we get Pablo and Kelly and they stacked a bunch of heavy objects on top of this Necronomicon to hold it down. And then that's when Pablo realizes that Kelly wants to keep the book so that more of these deadites will show up so that she can kill them. Because as she told Ash earlier in this episode, she wants revenge. And then Pablo tells her to, uh, she tells her this, basically this old saying that his uncle used to tell him. It was beware, anger, fear, revenge. Which I thought was a pretty cool sentence. Or pretty cool statement, and then they hear a bang outside, and uh, Pablo or Kelly says not to worry because she's pretty sure they're going to be dead way before then anyway. And so the next scene we get Ash, and he walks up to the counter, grabs a bunch of like hard candy, 
and takes it into the bathroom with him and he crushes it with his new hand and he sticks it in water. And I don't, it's just like he is trying to cologne himself kind of with this with this candy. It was it was so fucking weird. But I, I don't I don't know. Is that what you got out of it? Like he was just trying to make yeah. himself smell better. OK. Yeah, that's what he was trying to do anyway. And it's just <laughs> stupid. Yeah. I was just like, really? Anyway. So all of a sudden the door opens and Ash thinks obviously that it's the waitress. So he's talking to her, uh, you know, as about as if they're about ready to, you know, make love. And uh, then we find out that it's not the waitress, but it's Amanda and she's there to arrest him. And at one point he gets the best of her, but then they start fighting and he notices her breasts and asks, is that lavender? And then she gets him out and uh, eventually she gets the best of him. So the next scene is her leading Ash out of the bathroom by at gunpoint. And uh, then her Amanda's boss starts to show up and obviously he's there to arrest him. And uh, all the while, this evil force outside is heading toward the diner. And then all of a sudden things start shaking and Ash is looking around and he knows what's about to happen. So they show this shot of these two girls walking out of the um, diner and they're both wearing Michigan U of M coats. And then I didn't even catch that. Yeah, it's (laughs) stupid. But anyway, um, all of a sudden, the evil crashes through the window and it sends those two girls through the window. One of them ends up with a ice skate through her neck, which was fucking awesome. But anyway, this scene is just gore, gore and more gore. And what I thought was awesome about this scene was how well the CGI was actually done. And it really needed to be in order for it to deliver in this scene. I thought it was a really cool scene. Um, so it as the evil goes through the window, it kills a bunch of people. Um, but it leaves the cop and the waitress, who both turned into deadites. Um, Amanda tries to kill him, but this boy, who was kind of overhearing things in the bathroom when Ash was in there, runs out and the deadite grabs him and throws him up into a ceiling fan, like chopping him into half. I don't know what it was, a bunch of different pieces. Anyway, it kills the little boy, which I thought was pretty crazy. And so then um, Ash takes out the uh, waitress and starts um, fighting with the cop, like knocks down the waitress basically and starts fighting with the cop. So um, next up, Pablo and Kelly walk in and they throw Ash, the shotgun and the chainsaw. And Ash turns to Amanda and says, what? Never saw a guy with a chainsaw hand before, which was awesome. And um, uh, then he chops the Dudley cop in half. Pablo tries shooting the waitress, but but Kelly actually has to finish her off in one of the awesome, most awesome scenes in this in the series so far by putting her through like a meat and cheese slicer that you see at like the deli counter and you know, and uh, then grabs, that's not enough. She grabs the fucking mallet and just starts pounding on her fucking face until it's an absolute bloody mess. And I wrote down, Jesus, this is great. That was so awesome. So what did you think of that kind of, uh, that fight scene there? That was beautiful. Absolutely. Man, it was that. uh, Yeah. I love the, uh, the line too afterwards. I really needed that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Ash and Pablo are watching her through the through the window. <laughs> Man, I think she really needed that. That was awesome. Such a great scene. Just the special effects and the CGI. Sometimes it can be really shoddy in this series, but sometimes it really delivers. And fortunately, this was a scene where it really delivered. And so kudos to them. They did a great job with that scene. Yeah, that uh, her just going off on that 
was <laughs> fantastic. It, it really they was. really did a good job with that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So the next scene, we get Lim. He's running through the woods. He's terrified. He stops to make a phone call, but he hears something coming behind him. You know, he tells the person on the phone he needs to arm up, but then he drops the phone. He starts running, running away, but eventually the evil catches up with him. And so now he's either going to be dead or he's going to be a deadite, which I think he'll probably be a deadite that we'll probably see, you know, sometime soon. What's your guess? If we see him again, he'll be a, one of the undead. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So kind of coming up on the final scene here, the trio walks out of the restaurant uh, Ash says, hey, I found a, a slice of pie with no blood on it. You guys want any? <laughs> and uh, Pablo and Kelly politely decline, obviously. And then uh, he goes over to Amanda and he asks her to join them. And then he has this fantasy about her asking him to meet him in the in the men's room. Um, but after that's done, he says, you know, let's boogie. And she follows him. So we officially have a fourth member of this group. So it's no longer a trio. It's a quadrilogy i don't know what's what's a it's a square what's a what's a four-person group i guess it's just a group at this point yeah (laughs) so that with that with her walking to the car ash versus evil dead episode six comes to a close so what were your overall thoughts on episode six ash uh i liked it um i know the only thing i didn't like was the diner flirting just because I, I know it's intentional. So absolutely terrible at it. And I, I, I know it's intentional, but it right. just, it's even over the top. I think for Ash, it just, it's like, he's not this incompetent. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's true. My wife says, I wish he wasn't that incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but other than that, I thought it was pretty good. I am curious what the hell happened to Ruby. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, other than that, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, definitely. I just, I, you know, I just, this was such an awesome episode to me. I fucking loved it. Um, the special effects were at their best uh, and they really needed to be to make this episode work. And so it was, uh, you know, a godsend that it did. Uh, I love that we we finally have another member of the team. Um, but like you, I'm also wondering what the hell happened to Ruby? I'm sure that's something that'll, you know, continue to pop up. As the episodes continue, we head toward the end of season one. And so it's going to be interesting to see what happens next. And that's a sentence that I've said after almost every single episode. And so that's the mark of of quality in my book. It's just such a fun show and I absolutely love it. Honestly, this may have been one of my favorite episodes of the series thus far. I liked it that much. And I'm, yeah, I did. I thought it was, it kind of started off a little slow, but it hit. But just that opening scene. And after that, it hit the right humor notes for me. And then it hit all the violence at the end. And I just, I liked it a lot. Um, I hope they do more with Pablo and Kelly because I really want something to develop there. But we'll see how that plays out. I'm open to anything at this point. So yeah, that is episode six. So with that in mind, let's just talk a real briefly about the ratings. So I didn't have the numbers for episode five last week, but I do have episode five and episode six this week. So just to refresh everyone, episode one had a rating of 437,000 viewers. Episode two dropped quite a bit to 276,000. Episode three went up to 383,000. Episode four topped the first episode and actually is the uh, highest episode to date at 448,000. 
Episode three dipped. Uh, I'm sorry. Episode five dipped a little bit at four hundred and thirty thousand, and episode six dipped a little bit again, but still over four hundred thousand at four hundred and two thousand viewers. So, I don't know. I think that's pretty damn good for a a cult show on stars on Saturday night. I think that's I think that's pretty impressive. And yeah. so hopefully, yeah, hopefully, you know, that'll mean uh, extended seasons. Obviously, they've already, before the series even started, they had already uh, greenlit a second season. So hopefully we'll get a third season before the second season starts. But we shall see. So. All right. Any other uh, final thoughts on Ash vs. Evil Dead Episode 6 or anything else? Nope. I come here. All right. So I guess that'll do it for the 31st episode of the Cinefessions podcast. If you haven't already, check out Cinefessions.com. Last week in a review of the Horror Network went live. The Horror Network? That's the right title, yeah. I We forgot the name of it last week. I forgot the name of it this week. Whatever. Check it out. The uh, poster for it's pretty cool. The um, The picture that they decided to use for the poster is pretty cool anyway. And uh, that's from Ash. Also from Ash, we had a review of Jessica Jones. The complete first season. So a nice lengthy review talking about the entirety of the first season of Jessica Jones, which, spoiler, Ash loved Daredevil. He thinks he liked Jessica Jones a little bit more. So definitely worth reading. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, And that's a series you can find on Netflix. So one and part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So definitely check it out if you haven't already. And check out that review on Cinefessions.com. Going live this week. We had an advanced screening review of In the Heart of the Sea, which is that new film about the uh, kind of the what inspired Melville to write the Moby Dick, uh, Moby Dick, the the novel Moby Dick. And uh, this one is not really about the whale, but it's about the humans involved in it. And so definitely check that out. Um, I'm not going to spoil whether Chris liked it or not. So definitely hit up Cinefessions.com to check that one out. And that is that. We will be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week. We're going to record on Monday. Episodes should be live on Wednesday. And we will be reviewing Army of Darkness, the theatrical cut, whether it's one person, two people, or all three of us here. So definitely check that out and watch that film if you haven't so you are all caught up. And I want to thank you, Ash, for being here again tonight, for taking the time out of your ridiculously busy work like month, basically. But. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I want to thank everyone for listening, and we will catch you next time. (laughs) 